0: And we only speak the words of faith, words of life, words of hope and victory in this room. Amen. Amen. You know, people sometimes they'll walk in here and they'll say, boy, you can just, there's a piece of God in there. And it's like, well, part of the reason is because the only thing that's spoken is truth. And uh, imagine you could, you know, you could change the atmosphere in your home with that. If your home doesn't seem too peaceful, start, start changing what you speak. I I would go all the way to say if you have to discuss something negative, maybe take it outside. Like we used to say, if two dudes got in a brawl, right, you'd say, hey, you two take it outside. I'm not going to bust up the, bust up the restaurant or the place. So sometimes we need to take it outside, I think. Leave it out there and leave our homes and our, Places of worship, a place of, of joy and victory and answers and hope and that hopefully that just coming into the building inspires you to, to, to keep on keeping on. Turn to your, in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Jeremiah, uh, 32. I've had this on my heart and we're going to read starting at verse 17, a few verses and uh, three verses and then down to 27. The title of the sermon is the same as the scripture. Is there anything too hard for God or, you know, God is the God, you know, any, any number of titles you could give it. God of the impossible. Praise the Lord. He's more than enough. He's El Shaddai. Don't you like that he's not just barely enough? He's more than enough. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Isn't it interesting uh, the response to bad news, the difference between folks who are grounded in the word and those that are not? There's a huge difference. Doesn't mean they're not good people. Doesn't mean that even, you know what? Even if they're not serving the Lord, we wouldn't exactly call them bad people, just folks that need Jesus. We can't hate the sinner. Jesus doesn't hate them. Jesus gave his life for them. God's not, God doesn't hate the sinner and he does Despise the sin that the sinners are committing. <laughs> he despises the sin that the saints are committing for that matter. <laughs> but, uh, we can't take on an adversarial us and them spirit when things are raging around us. But it's just interesting the difference in those who, who are walking with the Lord and filled with the spirit and, and, and living by the word and living by faith. It's interesting their response to negative things like coronavirus, <laughs> like rioting and looting and all the craziness that we see. It's getting a little close to home, you know. I noticed that there were, uh, I, I saw just a little video news before I walked in to the sanctuary to start the service. Uh, here in Tampa, there was... Um, and on this this side of the bay as well uh but on the Tampa side there in uh, Temple Terrace last night over by university old old university mall many many of you remember that area off of Fowler and Bush Boulevard uh there were there were riots last night they started as some sort of pro, uh, march and protest turned into riots uh and they burnt down a major section of a shopping center, uh, some of the drug, uh, I think a CVS drugstore was completely looted. Um, think of the implications of that, you know, all those drugs and things that are behind the counter. But uh, they they had, uh, that just kind of occurred to me. Why would you pick a drugstore? That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? But uh, uh, just the, the different places of businesses that were, Burned and looted last night uh, and that 's close to home folks that's that's forty five minutes from right, right where we sit right here and um and I think there were some some things in in St Pete as well last night but um and then of course Atlanta and all the cities that have been so brutally attacked uh by these things and uh certainly you know certainly we are sympathetic. I just felt like I need to make a statement. Certainly we're sympathetic. Our hearts go out to the family of the man who was treated what from apparently from what we know, um, unjustly lost his life. Uh, and uh, any, if, if, if there was, was racism involved, we obviously condemn that. Amen. There's no room in the Bible or Christianity or even decent humanity. That uh, gives any reason or excuse for that kind of behavior, but uh, on the other hand, we also believe in the sanctity of private property and the rights of of citizens to own and have their property protected and so uh, while you can understand disappointment and anger and frustration, it can 't spill over into harming other people um, they were in California they were breaking car windows. And dragging people literally out of their cars onto the street and beating the snot out of them. And so, uh, you know, this, this, this violent thing that's reared its head needs to be stopped in Jesus name. And so tonight at five o'clock, you know, we're going to be addressing some of these things in prayer. Okay. We're not going to just talk about it and say how awful it is. Okay. We got that part, but we're going to pray against the spirit of violence. Uh, in our nation that is raging right now, and we, we feel there's some things behind it. But we're not going to turn the pulpit into a place for conspiracy theories or anything else. We're going to address things from the Word and from the Spirit, amen, and um, move forward. And boy, is it ever time for the churches to start re-meeting and having service, and praying prayers and make and decreeing and declaring things. So uh, let's just do that right now in the name of Jesus. We come against this spirit of confusion, this spirit of strife, this spirit of division, of, of racism and all the things that are fueling this. And we know there's political forces and uh, even money behind some of it. But in the name of Jesus, we take authority as a local church in this area and in, in, in where it's happening, in our own community, in Jesus' name, we declare this to stop. You bow your knee to the name of Jesus. You bow your spirit of strife, spirit of confusion, spirit of riot and riotousness. Bow your knee to the name of Jesus, This spirit of hatred and murder, even class warfare, we command it to stop in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, that the voice of the church and the voice of the truth and of the Spirit of God will rise up and our leaders, Lord, will be emboldened and empowered and know just what to do to bring things into order. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you, uh, we pray for the families of people that have been affected this week over these issues, and even the the uh, the that horrible uh, pandemic. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray for the nation of Brazil, where the pandemic just seems to be raging right now. We have many friends and many believers there that we know, and we we stand in the gap for them in Jesus' name, and we intercede for them. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, if there's any fear or any uh, uh uncertainty in our own congregation, we take authority over that too. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And we thank you, Lord, that we, we we claim a hedge of protection around our properties, around the church property, around the our homes. And businesses, places where we go to eat, places where we shop, places where we, where we, uh, do things in Jesus name. We claim protection in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right. Let's read this Jeremiah 32. (laughs) I think this message is pertinent to the times in which we live. Folks, God is bigger than all this mess that we read about in the, in the funny papers. God is bigger than any national crisis. God is bigger than any international crisis. And, uh, some of these for the body of Christ if you got to look at the body of Christ outside the borders of the United States you have to see the the world and there's places in the world where they've dealt with with violence and you know runaway renegade governments and all kinds of things for decades some of this is new to Americans but praise God we have great testimonies that we know about um, and uh we have missionaries here today from um from Eastern Europe and places where I mean hor- horrific stories of of uh persecution against Christians that especially uh a few decades ago. And uh I will tell you folks overcame by prayer and the word. Is that right? Yeah, amen. Absolutely overcame. And we believe, those of us who, who minister, have ministered there and, and uh, others, we believe that even the when the Soviet Union collapsed uh, and the wall came down in Berlin, we believe that the whole thing was precipitated by prayer and faith and once the once the faith message and the message of authority got uh in the hands of Christians, boy, that just changed the world. It literally changed the world and um and uh the it's it's at least it's open now to the to the extent that you can have church and you can preach the gospel and you can lay hands on people and you couldn't do that before. Uh, especially like in Albania was the most, uh, strict. Isn't that one of the countries you all minister in? And Albania, uh, or Romania, where? Romania. Romania. Well, Albania. Romania was tough. Albania was tougher. And, uh, we know that it was the purest form of communism on the planet. And I mean, people couldn't hardly blink without getting beat up or murdered or fingers chopped off, or toes, or whatever else. And um, so, I mean, the world, this is not new. Suffering is not new to this planet, folks. And suffering by the hands of others is not new to this planet. And I'll tell you what else is not new is the authority in the name of Jesus to speak against it, and to change it, and to stop it. Amen. And I believe, I mean, we're not saying that just our church here is going to stop a lot, but we believe that we can in the spirit realm. If one puts a thousand to flight and two, 10,000, just do the math. We got, we got some firepower right sitting right here today. And, and, and our, our friends and members that are watching online, you, you join with us and we really have firepower. Let's just see what God says about it. Is God saying, oh my, emergency, emergency session in heaven. What are we going to do? You know, they burned a drugstore in Tampa. What are we going to do? Do you think the Lord is upset over it? Do you think he's worried? Do you think he's sweating, breaking a sweat? Uh, here's what God says about things. Ah, oh, Lord God. I love it. Ah, oh, aha. <laughs> Ah Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. And there is nothing too hard for thee. There's not a, there's not a disease that's too strong for God to heal. There's not a bill
1: too high priced that he can't pay.
0: There's not a lack or a need in your life that He can't answer. You need to remember these things. We serve a miracle God. If He's God at all, He's a miracle God. He's the God of the impossible. Praise God. I get all evangelistically moted here when I preach this. Amen. And I've seen... Meetings, we've had meetings, open-air meetings like in the developing nations. They don't like you to call them third world anymore. It's like more like out of this world, some of them. But uh, the, the developing nations, and some of them I'm wondering what they're developing into. It's a developing, all right. But I've preached in places where you can't imagine the condition and the the number you know of 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 uh, of, uh, of the of homelessness of uh, not only homelessness but just the the uh, problem with uh how many people are sick and suffering where they've literally brought folks that looked like they were dying on a cot and just laid them on the ground in front of the place we were in India one time and there was a man that I best describe as the, the madman of Gadara. And, uh, I mean, he was probably 35 years old. He would have been completely naked except for somebody, you know, kind of pinned a little piece of cloth around his waist, uh, to, to, uh, hide his, his nakedness. And he's literally chained to the back of the fence of the of the field where we're holding the meeting in India. There were seventy five thousand people on that field. Um, there had been a Catholic church and a convent in that area, uh, and it was the last Christian thing that was built, and that was three hundred years ago. But they were still going. They still were sending, the Vatican was still sending people down there. And they sort of just compounded themselves in. Found out the nuns had gotten together and prayed for a revival in their area. It was down near the Sri Lankan border, Indian and Sri Lankan border. And um,
1: so um, the Do we have an issue am um, okay okay um, so the the um
0: nuns had prayed for a revival uh, it was, you know a group maybe like sixty of them these nuns in an order and so the man I was working with, Brother Jerry O'dell, who had been teal Osborne's uh, crusade director and son-in-law for about 20 years. I was working with him. We went down and did this crusade. The place was called Ramnad, India. And we were down there. And we had it on the beach. And they had the beach, uh, the, the place where the beach was, the uh, or the field where it was that wasn't very nice ground for sitting. People sit right on the ground there. Those nuns, weeks before the meeting they started carrying sand in buckets out to the field to make a nice place for the crusade. They they filled a field of sand in buckets. Nuns, with their habits on the whole thing, praying for revival in their town. And like I said, we had about 75,000 people a night come out there. Hindus, Muslims. And heathens all accepted the gospel and got saved. We had miracles that were just seemingly unbelievable, like shocking miracles. In fact, one we have on video, I'll have to find it and show it to you sometime. There was a woman who came after we prayed. You don't lay hands on that crowd because where would you start and stop? So you pray a mass prayer and just ask God to touch each one and then take testimonies this woman came up she had she had eyeballs that had no color in them whatsoever it was the strangest thing it looked like two ping pong balls they're white she couldn't see she was born this way blind but she came up to the platform and she said that she could see even though there was no color no no cornea no retina you couldn't see anything uh, no pupils, and she said she could see, and so we held up fingers and counting and so that we could test it, and yes, sure enough, she could see, but as she stood there and testified, and Brother Jerry uh, described it as uh, like a ship coming through the fog, all of a sudden we looked and and the color brown eyes the color began to come into her eyes. You could see the pupils. You could see the color. And she had beautiful brown Indian eyes. Hallelujah. The madman of Gadara (laughs) at that meeting was literally so demonized and so crazy that they had to, they brought him to the meeting in hopes of, of deliverance. Now the Catholic, they have, an office in the Catholic Church called uh, the uh, an evangelist. You can actually be a Catholic evangelist, and so they had the Catholic evangelist, and then they had, and he was excited. And the nuns, they the the bishop over that whole you know complex there. He was against the meeting from day one. He was these people are not Catholic. They're not authorized. They're going to pray pagan prayers, you know all that, so he was against the whole thing, and he was sitting on the platform because he's the bishop he's going to sit there, and uh, he's sitting on the platform, and when he saw the miracles now you know obviously the the bishop is is european he's i mean he's either Italian or Spanish or what something, but he's sitting there and he's watching. And when he saw the first miracles with his own eyes, he went under the platform and knelt and cried and prayed, and with tears and repented, and said, "Lord, forgive me. These are truly people of God." This is a great testimony, isn't it? The madman of anyway. It was so cool because you know the cat. We gave we found some chairs and gave the nuns a special section since they had prayed in the meeting and brought in the sand. So, I looked and I thought, these nuns are stuck down here at the ends, literally ends of the earth in this 300-year-old monastery and con- convent. And they're down here, and somehow they got together in prayer and have facilitated a revival. and And we looked at them, and I don't know when they became charismatic nuns, but it happened during the meeting. The nuns are over here clapping along, singing our little Pentecostal songs, you know, praising the Lord. And I looked, and that crazy event, that crazy Catholic evangelist had really gotten a touch, and he was dancing all the way across the front. And the bishop, who had been frowning, was at least smiling. So God was moving. This was so cool.
1: I can't tell you how cool this was.
0: So the madman of Gadara, <laughs> the perfect meeting for him to get delivered in, don't you think? So he's in the back of the of the property because there was some kind of a split rail fence there, some post. And they literally brought pretty heavy chains. Because these people they are demonized they get they get pretty strong on you, you know, so he's literally chained to that back fence. I noticed him when I walked in to the to the field. I noticed him out of the corner of my eye, and i thought oh boy there's a there's a case, so he's there chained against the the wall, literally, and we don't we don't try to go you know do something. Special for each one. We just depend on the gospel. And that the gospel will set the captives free. We declare it. We was preaching, Brother Jerry and myself, were preaching the gospel out there. And uh, we have the testimony line. And we looked, and of course you know the woman with the eyes, and then we looked and this, this madman of Gadara guy is in the line. Holding his chains and you know he still all he's got on this little loincloth. And he come and he's just filthy dirty, you can imagine. He just he said he would break loose and just go out into the woods and scream like a hyena all night. And so, you know, he's just you know, you, he's he's in a foul state. But he's in the line, he's down in here looking pretty normal. And he said his testimony. I'll cut to the chase. We started talking about how big is God. See, you think you got problems what about that guy. <laughs> and they said those that were with him to testify that they said this man has been crazy his whole adult life. He lost his mind. He started worshiping demons. He entertained them. They came into him. He's crazy. He's crazed with it, and they said for the first time. And his parents about killing them, trying to keep him restrained and in the house. And um, they said that when you got to the point when you when you preached Jesus and you took authority in the name of Jesus from the platform over all demons tormenting, he said, "I heard the name of Jesus." And I said in my side myself, Jesus help me. And instantly he was delivered. Now his story was, see here he is chained to the back fence, but he's delivered. So he politely asked those that were with him, he said, I've received a deliverance. I'm, I'm free from the demons. Please take the chain off so I can go get in the prayer line, the testimony line. So they walked with him, they were kind of looking at him out of the corner of their eye, you know. But sure enough, he came up there and he says, I've been crazy for my entire adult life. I'm 33, I think, years old, uh, 35, something like that. And he said, uh, and, and I, I have, I have been set free by Jesus and I'm going to follow him the rest of my life. Now the next night, He came to the meeting, and we didn't recognize him. He got in the line again, and he said, I just wanted to show you what God has done for me. He got in the line. He was completely clean. His hair was fixed. He had shaven. Amen. He had on clean, normal clothes, and he spoke articulately. God completely delivered this man. In that same meeting, there was a man that was kind of running the town. He was a, like a terrorist. And he was running the town. Are, are you interested in these stories? He's running the town. Like running it. <laughs> and, uh, he's demonized, but his is controlled. You know, he's using his demons to run things. The police were afraid of him the police would come to arrest him for crimes and he would beat up the police and run the police off. Well, he had some spiritual skills that were not savory. So he, he first thing he did, we watched it with our own eyes from the platform. you you, you got to imagine a crowd that big, you've got a platform pretty high. Like double norm, like a a normal platform for any size crowd is about four feet. We've got ours at eight feet because you got to be high enough, you know, for the people in the back to see you. All right. And then about maybe a hundred feet from that platform, you've got another platform right smack dab in the middle for the cameraman to stand and to to the cameraman to stand and to 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 film it and and also to put on some screens in different places where people can see what's going on, well, the first thing that happened is this guy that beat up the police and ran the town where we're having our meeting. he gets up there on the uh, he gets near the camera platform, and levitates like this, straight up off the ground, hangs in midair for just a second, and then moves over onto the platform and stands in front of the sound man. Well, the sound man about had a heart attack. I mean, he was like, holy smokes, how weird is this? All things are possible in India, let me tell you. And, and he levitates and he gets up there and he says, I want to say something. Give me a microphone. Well, the sound man said, no, we're not going to give you the microphone because, you know, it's not, this is not a free for all. You know, you know, that needs to be learned in some churches where everybody just stands up and says whatever they want. You know at any given time, well, it's not a free for all it's not a it's not a take a number, amen, I'm not talking about testimonies and praising the Lord, but I'm talking about just take over the meeting. you know I've been in meetings where you know you're there to hear the preacher and then somebody else takes over the meeting and takes it over and that's that's out of order that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the author of confusion that would be the devil is isn't it to to do things like that? I'm talking about during the sermon, you know you know what I mean. So, uh but we've had that happen, and uh, we we've had to deal with 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 some of that. But what I want to tell you is, this guy wants the microphone, and uh, I've seen that happen. I mean, I've seen that happen with in in Brother Copeland's meetings, where, where one person in particular will rush the rush rush the platform and take the mic right out of his hand and change the direction of the meeting. And I'm thinking, that is not God. You know, and of course, you know, a lot of charismatics, they, they don't want anything controlled. They don't want anything in order in the name of quenching the spirit. But certain spirits need to be quenched. Amen? If it's, if it's something that's, a, that's attacking what the spirit, uh, spirit of God is saying. It's really the spirit of antichrist. Well, at any rate, uh, This guy wants a microphone. This demon-possessed guy wants the microphone. And he said, no, you can't have one. He says, well, I'll just go take the platform. So he wanders through the crowd, like I said, about a 100 feet through the middle, pushing people, shoving them. He's just as rude as crude can be. I mean, just elbowing and shoving and slapping. And he gets up to the front, and we look, and Brother Jerry and I are standing here on the edge of the platform to conduct the service. And all of a sudden he levitates and hangs in midair in front of us and comes on the platform. And Jerry says, what do you want? And he said, uh, he didn't know what to do because we're supposed to be spooked. Brother Jerry said, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get off of my platform. And he got off. And when we prayed the prayer, he accepted Christ and he got delivered. Well, we found out that some of his ways had not quite been mended because the next night we found out that he went from house to house throwing people out of their house to come to the meeting. It's called forced evangelism. So he he needed a good pastor for a few years, don't you think, to take some of the rough edges off. But uh, he used to beat them up for the devil. Now he's beating them up for Jesus, but he needs to stop beating them up. But uh at least it's kind of going in a little better direction. Do you like those testimonies? Yes. Hallelujah. I got a picture of that mad man of Gadara guy. I'll have to look and find that and show you that. How many would like to see? You know, I, I should put together like a DVD or something of some of our uh, uh, exploits through the years and let you see what the Lord has done. Because, you know, it just... It's amazing, I look back at it, and it's just absolutely amazing um what 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 has been accomplished um, just one more can you ha- can you handle one more testimony? We'll read our scriptures uh Brother Rosie Greer and I we did tent meetings for ten years in the United States, and uh we had our tent up in Watts in Los Angeles. I thought if you could have a revival there, you could have it anywhere. So, uh, it was, we were, our tent up was up at 103rd and Compton. And, uh, we had a tent revival and that year we named it Good, Good News, Good News for Watts or something like that. And, uh, this woman came through, uh, African American woman comes through and, uh, Young, I think she said she was 28 years old. And uh some of our helpers and all that were out there, she came by and they said, would you like to come to the tent meeting? And she said, of course, it's all open air. we got the flaps up and the music going and the lights and, you know, and uh, flashing signs and everything else we could get. We actually rented from Hollywood, which was across town, we actually rented those premiere lights like you, you like you rent to for a movie premiere, you know, that shine into the sky, like at Grauman's, you know, <laughs> Chinese, like that. And uh we rent we found the company that has those and they came out. We paid money to have those at night going so the whole community could see what we were doing. Well anyway, she comes by and uh she looks pretty pretty beat up, pretty forewarned. Uh Life had not been kind to her. And she came by and uh, she said, what is this? And they said, this is the good news meeting. And she said, Lord, I could use some good news. All I've had is bad news. Don't you love that? And so they said, well, come on into the meeting. She says, well, I'm on my way to court-ordered drug rehab. Got to go. Said I gave birth just a." Uh, we could go to my baby, and the baby's addicted to crack. Because I did crack during the whole time with the baby. The baby's okay. It's a miracle it wasn't deformed. But uh, the baby's on crack. And they're trying to, you know, methadone it off, you know, some way. Save the baby. Well, in that deal, you know, the uh, health and human services people get involved, family Uh, agency and they said we're going to temporarily take your baby away it's going to be a ward of the state and you and you can maybe get your baby back but if you'll go to drug rehab and show the certificate and show that you're clean you know and so many testings then we'll give you your baby back and she says i don't know if i can do this or not she says you know what i i'll uh I'll go to the drug rehab, check in, and and, and uh they, they it was just for a test. And then I'm going to come back and stay for the tent meeting. So she walked on across our property, went to the drug rehab, came back. And the meeting was starting by then. And she came and she said "Uh, she wanted to be sa- saved. We gave the altar call. She came down. She got saved. Long story short, she got saved filled with the Holy Ghost, delivered, delivered from drugs instantly. Do you know what a miracle that is? He, crack addict. Now, the medical field people will tell you, nobody comes out of crack addict, naturally. So, but with God, all things are possible. Do we believe this that we preach or no? Well, she went and got tested. Long story short, here I'll tell it the way it happened. So we had, you know, the tents up and we got sections of, of, uh, um, of side flaps that we could run some cable inside the tent and make a little side room or something. So up front we made a little room for the speakers, like a speakers lounge room, you know, to have before going out. And so, uh, the orders were nobody back there except for who's supposed to be, you know. And, uh, so we had a couple of ushers and people and they came and said, uh, to Rosie Greer and myself said, um, here's a young lady that wants to speak with you. Now this is the last night of the meeting wants to speak with you. And we said, okay. They brought this beautiful black woman. Her hair was fixed nice. She had on normal clothes, clean. She had her clothes the, uh, the first night on Monday. Didn't look so great. She looks completely normal and is smiling. And we thought, oh, a member of the Sunday school class has <laughs> appeared. <laughs> and she walks up and she says, y'all don't remember me, do you? And we said, Well, we probably should, but we don't, sorry, just to be honest. And she says, well, I was the one on the way to drug rehab. Let me tell you what's happened this week. She says, when I went for the test, they couldn't find any trace of crack cocaine in my body. When they tested my baby, my baby was instantly cured and healed. And I've met with social services, and they said they're going to fast track and give me my baby back. And she says, I I have housing and I have a job starting next week. This all happened in five days. Well, we put her on the platform to tell her testimony. So well that'll start the meeting off on a right note, won't it? Praise the Lord. You always thank God for a really good testimony, don't you? You know? Help help things along. Anyway, this is the God we serve. Amen. Where did we stop? Oh, at 17. We didn't get far, did we? There is nothing too hard for thee. Thou showest loving kindness unto thousands, and recompensest the iniquity of the fathers unto the bosom of their children after them. Boy, I'm claiming that one. The great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts, is His name. We should pray that sometime. Lord, we pray to Thee, the Great and Mighty God, the Lord of hosts, is your name, great in counsel you need how many need direction the rest of this year, and some things He's great in counsel, mighty in work, for thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men to give every one according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Look at verse twenty Six, please jump down. Came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying... He's confirming what Jeremiah has prophesied. He said, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Boy, that sounds like a dare almost, doesn't it? It's a challenge from God. God's saying to you and to me, brothers and sisters... He's saying, "He's saying, is there anything? Bring, bring the worst condition, the worst thing that you can imagine to me. Is there anything too difficult? When we sit around in our homes and worry about our bills, or worry about our what's going to happen, worry about some health problem, and am I going to come out of this?" But praise God, this is the God we serve. Look at Luke eighteen, real quick. Can you look at a couple of more? Well, we know that about God, isn't it? He's what is that saying? He's the God of the impossible. Somebody might say, Why are you yelling? It's because I'm excited. I don't mean to be yelling, I'm just preaching. And I'm Pentecostal and I can't help it. There's no cure. Once you have it, it's incurable.
1: How many can testify to that? (laughs) He, He preached so
0: hard to knock the water bottle over. My dad used to say, any preacher... It's worth his weight in salt. will fight bees when he preaches. You know, my dad said that when he was a little boy down in South Georgia, they're always looking for something to do out on the farm, you know. And he says, one of the things we could do is find a bumblebee nest. Because, you know, bumblebees are big enough you can see them coming. And he said, we'd get a bat. We'd make a bat out of a piece of board, you know, like a one by six. And we'd cut it out and make carve it out and make a bat and he said then one of us would go he said uh, me and his bro- he and his brothers my uncles they'd stand there with their bat and my dad was was small uh, uh in in stature and and agile he'd climb up a he they'd find a a bee's nest up in a tree and he'd go up there and shake the <laughs> shake the nest make the bees mad and he said if you make bumblebees mad they'll chase you so he says he'd make the bumblebees mad, and then he'd run <laughs> like the wind to get away. And then the brothers, when the bees would come, they'd bat <laughs> and see how many bees they could knock out. He said, so eventually <laughs> they have two bats. And he said, they're going like this the whole time, trying to bat the bees. So it's called bee fighting. So my dad said, any preacher worth his weight and salt will do a little bee fighting, you know. You get so excited, you start waving your arms both ways. Hallelujah. So I think I inherited a little bee fighting and got us a good platform. It's made out of lumber. So you, when you stomp on it, you can hear it. Amen. We teach these Latinos to stop pouring concrete for their, uh, for their platforms because you can't stomp on them. So you know, y'all need some lumber up here so you can be heard. Amen. If you preach all over Central and South America. Everything's poured concrete. The roof is poured concrete. Let me tell you <laughs> everything. Luke uh, 18. Um, this is the story. We won't read the whole thing of this rich man that that uh, is trying to get justified through the law. Jesus said to him, the truth is, you know, thou lackest one thing. And the story there is, you'll always lack one thing. The thing that he lacked, though, was big. And that is, he lacked faith because Jesus said, give away everything you have and follow me and and you'll receive in this life a hundredfold return. And so, the guy said he couldn't do that. He couldn't release that. So, he never really knew true prosperity he had some money he had some things but he didn't know true prosperity you won't know true prosperity until you learn to trust the lord amen and so uh that's what that story is really about it's not about giving up everything it's not about uh something extreme but it's really that but he finally said uh i want you to look at verse uh uh 20 Three, when he had heard this, Jesus told him what to do. He was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye, which is a, which is a short gate, by the way, in the gate in Jerusalem. It's not a sewing needle, just so you know than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they heard it said, who then can be saved? In other words, can it only be people up to a certain income level, and then after that, they're screwed. They just have to go to hell. Is that what they're saying? And that's what he's asking. Well, who then can be saved? They want this clarified. I'm glad they did, aren't you? And he said, the things which are impossible... With men are possible with God. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. In other words, what have, what have we got to show for it? And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left houses or parents, or children, or wife uh, or brethren, for the kingdom of God's sakes who, who shall not receive. Manifold, it says here, a hundredfold, it says in John, more in this present time and in this world to come life everlasting. Now, um, also in John, we have a clarification where Jesus said, it's those who trust in riches that are the problem, not having them. So you can't use this as a pro-poverty scripture. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Jesus is not advocating poverty for all. Praise the Lord. That would be maybe some presidential candidate, which whose name we won't mention. Poverty for all, everybody's equal. But uh, that uh, is not what Jesus is saying there. You can see what he said. He said, it's hard for the wealthy to, to come into the kingdom because they're dependent on their wealth. Well, what's the answer? Get rid of their wealth? No, the answer is, is having faith in God. And God and Jesus said, with men, it's impossible. You can't cure it through the natural, but you can cure it through the spirit. Amen. All of our, all of our salvation experiences here, folks, each one of us is a spiritual experience. It is not natural. It is not in the flesh. It's in the spirit. And you're not going to cure people. By giving them money or taking money away. You don't cure poverty by pouring money into poverty. Are you listening? And you don't cure a hard heart by taking money away. Don't just add that to the hard heart list. So you can't control things of the spirit by exercising manipulation in the flesh. And this is a hard lesson. The church keeps missing it. Every generation, we try to control people. Give them the rules and the regulations, and everybody apply to that, and it'll work. Well, it doesn't, because down in the heart's the problem. And thank God for the Holy Spirit, who knows how to get into our heart and change our heart. Hallelujah. And make us who we ought to be. Amen. And so, uh, it's easy just to get your flesh involved. And wanna say what should be or shouldn't be. I say live and let live as much as possible, let folks alone and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Amen. If you see somebody that's a little haughty, it's not you're not supposed to become the corrector in chief. Oh, I'm just gonna say a little something to them. You see, I've seen this look in the church in the before, you know, years yeah, this look on the face of a person on a mission. <laughs> Gonna tell you what how the cow eats the hay and how the pig ate the corn, all the same breath. But um that's not the Spirit of Christ, by the way. We're not supposed to come in the door of the church and become the corrector of everything. We're supposed to be coming into church <laughs> with a contrite heart, amen. And say, Lord, show me something. Show me something. Show me something. Help me. <laughs> I drive in here to, to walk in the role of the pastor on this property. And I pray every time I drive in, God help me. <laughs> Cause I'm not doing it in my flesh. And if I start to do it in my flesh, we're just going to have a mess, but we're doing it by the spirit and, 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 and from the pastor down to the least, uh, whatever that would mean, uh we need to have a contrite heart, Amen. And a, and a spirit about us of Lord, I'm not claiming to know it all. Help me and show me something that I know not today. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which which thou knowest not, what you, what you don't know right now. Amen. <sighs> Praise God. Anyway, so now we've established that you know that with God all things are possible but what about people now look at mark 9 and then we'll we'll conclude i know i've preached a little longer today than normal but i'm excited to be back in the building and there's actual people in the building that helps um, mark 9 you know you got the story of this guy with the demon possessed son and uh, the disciples don't seem to be helping Nobody can help. And he said to Jesus, if you can help us, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus redirected the question. And he said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now this is a smart man. Instead of arguing with him, he straightway cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. Well, sometimes that's my prayer. I've literally prayed that. I don't know if that works in word of faith land or not, but, and I am the word of faith. I was, we, we were with brother Hagan before there was a word of faith. We did, that was the name of the magazine. That's all we knew. And at first it was a newsletter that he put the labels on in the dining room. So praise God, you know, things developed. But I'll tell you, I don't, some of these prayers, you know, they're not popular word of faith prayers to say, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. You should never confess that you, oh, just, you know, put a sock in it. Sometimes, right? You know, the confession monitors, sometimes that's, we need to pray our heart too, sometimes. And I've prayed and I've said, Lord, I know I'm not supposed to be fearful of this. But I'm dealing with fear here. And I ask you to help me. I believe He'll help you if you if you say it with that kind of sincerity. Amen? Woo! I'm stirred up today. What kind of God do we serve? A reluctant, barely mercy drops round us or falling? No. You know, I like the song Showers of Blessing, every part except the mercy drops like he's got a medicine dropper. You know that is ridiculous. You know, uh, let's mercy drops round us are falling yet for the showers we plead like we're begging and pleading with the thirsty blood. We could barely; our mouth is encrusted over with dry because you know. I mean, it's just horrible. It's a horrible image of us and God. We're in Christ, new creatures in Him. Hallelujah. Partakers of the divine nature. We don't have to stand and plead with God. Showers of blessings. We have showers of blessings. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen, I don't have any particular uh, beef in general with our beloved red back hymnal. But let me tell you, there's a few songs in here that are not scriptural. And you should never sing them. You should find the ones that are good and stick with them. We do that. But every song in here... You know the Holy Spirit did not write the Tennessee Music Publishing hymnal. In fact, I know the people that put it together. Great people. But I'm telling you, this is not like equal with the Bible. And some people get so religious about this stuff. We've got the Bible and the Redback Hymnal. Well... (laughs) Good. I, I don't mind. There's good songs in here, but not every one of them. If it does, if a song does not agree with this, we hang on to this and skip that page. Amen. And if that makes you mad, then you got other problems. Right? Praise the Lord. There's a few of those in there, like that one will soon be done with troubles and trials. Well, in the spirit realm, we were done with troubles and trials when Jesus said it's finished on the cross. Why are we singing about troubles and trials? And farther along, never molested though in the, I said, my God, singing a song about being molested right in the church. What kind of a deal is that? Who would want to sing that? And yet people do, oh, I remember my mom singing this. Yeah, look what happened to her. I mean, you know, come on, folks. (laughs) See, You know, just because something, you know, is nostalgic or brings you back to another place, fine. But, you know, we cannot just throw the Bible out and just go with whatever seemed to work. And Well, it worked in 1943, so let's do it. No. i tell you what I do not want in my house is my great-grandmother's ringer washer, automatic ringer washer. It's like, well, if it was good enough for grandma, it's good enough. That washer, she I could hear that washer. I'd come up to her house. I could hear it going from the street corner. The whole house would shake. And it would dance until the plug was the only thing tethering it. It would dance all over the back porch doing its thing. And then I'm thinking, and she hit that ringer thing, and here they go. And I'm thinking, I, I just had nightmares about getting fed into that. You know, just like it catches your arm, and then you can't stop, you know. But Well, that's for sure why grandma believed. Well, you know, they walked in the light of what they had. Bless God, bless them. Amen. But we don't have to go back and ignore better revelation. Better meaning that it's just, it's, it, it's truth that we've learned. Amen. I believe that we're, God is the church of God, the church and meaning all the church is progressing. I don't mean the church of God of Cleveland, Tennessee. I mean the church of God of the Lord, universal church is progressing in revelation and in knowledge. Listen, we got Pentecostal churches today that are preaching a message of faith and authority and divine healing that they rejected 30 years ago. And now they act like they found something brand new. And you're going, my Lord, you know, we were doing that back when you were calling us names, sticking your tongue out of us and mocking us, calling us, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. But praise God, I'm not going to throw a stone at them. Praise God, at least they're walking in it now. Amen. Hallelujah. That's better than than it was. And so we I, I'm hoping that by this time next year that we all know more than we know now. I want to go deeper with God. And I want to go higher with the Spirit. And no more than I know now, how about you? Do you want to know? Let's remain teachable and open so that we can learn and continually grow in the things of God. I got to shut up. I can't stop. Somebody hit me, like my daughter, Tenley, she's in the car one time, a little girl about three years old, and she's singing "God bless America," and she got to that part you know where it's uh God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America. And then she forgot the end, which is my home, sweet home. But she would go to the repeat part. And she kept singing it and singing it and singing it. And finally she said, somebody help me. (laughs) She couldn't get out of the song. (laughs) So uh, my wife helped her to get out of the song. Oh, thank God. She said, I thought it would never end. (laughs) sometimes I'm preaching it's like somebody help me I can't stop preaching Ah! anyway they cast the devil out of this dude thank the Lord mark 9 and he was better but I like it where it says with with all things are possible. We know that all, any church in town, there's a Catholic church sitting right over here, others, there any church in town would agree that with God all things are possible. Any church in town would agree that with Jesus all things are possible. But when it comes to the believer, that's another question. Depends on who you're talking to. But thank God the same Bible that tells us that with God all things are possible tells us that with the believer, all things are possible. There's where kind of you
1: separate some things there. And I believe that if you'll
0: use your faith and use your authority and decree things, come on folks, we're not just pushovers.
1: Decree. Like,
0: you know, you know, people love to decree things like, for, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. They'll get a plaque, put it on the door. That's great. But you can decree, because if you can decree that, you can decree no weapon formed against me will prosper. You can decree that Psalm 91 works for you and no plague will come near your dwelling. Amen. You can decree that God is more than enough to pay your bills, tithe and give, and bless humanity. If it's new car time, you can claim one. If it's new roof time, you can claim one. If it's new dining room set time, yours has fallen down, you can get a new one. Hallelujah. Now, Frank and Ruby Ann, I was thinking about you yesterday and I had a prophetic word come up. And it's in regard to you, Frank, and I know that you're thinking, well, I'm 90 and whatever. But let me just tell you something. I heard this so clearly and I told Scarlett about it, didn't I? That everything in both of your lives, everything that's been stolen from you, and it's been a lot for you, Frank, Everything that's been stolen from you and absconded with, and lied about, and cheated on, and and uh, everything uh, that you've seen taken, Ruby, in every area, including in your family, in your emotions, God's restoring it to you in this year. In Jesus' name, now you declare that, and, you know, agree with the prophet of God, and uh, and and make it and 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 make it a part of what you say. Hallelujah. And you'll see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And we're expecting both of y'all to hang around here a long time. But when you go, you're going to be going from this planet with all things restored. Do you believe it? I got that yesterday. Yeah, all that. All of your every, all of your health, your faculties, your money, Everything, real estate, whatever, is going to be restored. You don't have to bump along out of here. In Jesus' name. How many will agree and declare it for Ruby and Frank? You say, Well, I wish you'd say that to me. Well, I will I will when the Lord if the Lord tells me. I'm not going to just make it up. But on the other hand, by faith. You've got enough Scripture for all that right there just to de- put yourself in that same line. In fact, that's what we ought to do. Amen. It's, it's just stand up right now. We're going to be dismissed. You declare and decree a thing, the Bible says, the Lord will see that it comes to pass. You don't have to make it come to pass. You just have to declare it. You say, well, I don't know. That seems pretty hard. Well, it would be pretty hard if, if you didn't have God in on it. Maybe impossible. But with God, and with the believer in God, all things are possible. And decree, if your children aren't acting right, decree a thing. If your grandkids have lost their marbles and wearing purple hair, it, decree a thing. I'm telling you, folks, you can take authority over crazy. And the Lord can fix it. I get so tired of sitting across the table, sometimes from crazy, trying to explain to me craziness. And you're just going, this is crazy. This is not in line with the word. Anybody know what I mean? They're explaining to you some weird religion they've joined or some other thing. And, and I know you don't understand that. Well, the key word is but here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm out of here. Because, you know, we, it's just nuts. I, and our 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 our, our younger generation—they have been fed so much trash through different institutions that it's unbelievable. And that's worldwide. That's not just an American problem. And I'm telling you, but the greater is he that's in us than he that's in that lion sack of dirt. Amen. And we can declare a thing. So you decree right now in Jesus name what you need to decree. If it's family unity and harmony, if it's, if it's finances, if it's, uh, what do you call it, uh, health, (laughs) health, physical problem, whatever, in Jesus name, I declare for this congregation, uh, I I, I, declare 3 John 2, that above all things, they'd prosper. And be in health. And 2020 looks like a complete disaster from the natural. But in Jesus' name, we declare declare and decree something else in the name of Jesus. And we declare this church full of people hungry for God. We declare this church full of people receiving the blessings of the Lord and testifying to the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.